This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, let's talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy. For my money, one of the brightest young talents to have appeared on the television horizons in the last few years is the vivacious, Emmy Award-winning brunette from The Dick Van Dyke Show, Mary Tyler Moore. Hi. Hi, Mary. How are you, Lucy? I'm very, very happy to see you today, and I mean sincerely um, what I said about your being one of the brightest young talents I have ever seen in the industry. I guess you're kind of aware of my admiration for you because through the years I've sort of uh, sent wavelengths your way. You're awfully kind. <laughs> I have been made aware of it, and I'm thrilled. Believe me, I am. One of the things, Mary, that impressed me about you was your sincerity, first of all, but the fact that I think you're very sensible. Now, does that bother you to be called sensible? No, it doesn't. It would bother me if I were called sensible after having given what I thought was a good comedy performance, and then somebody said, oh, yes, it was very sensible. But I, uh, I enjoy thinking and planning. But that's and... what shows in your comedy to me. See, I look at comedy possibly differently and explain comedy, try to explain comedy oh, differently. How do you than... do that? That's it. <laughs> I try sometimes, but I start with being sensible. Uh, another word is believability. That's true. You justify what you do. You can do great sketches which are basically unjustified, and yet your actions, and I'm speaking as a viewer of your shows, are always within reason. They are crazy and nutty, but you can never say that they're false. Anything you can't you say do, that I don't believe them. That's what I that's mean by right. being sensible. I, right. I, I, can call, I can call myself sensible while yes. I'm doing the most nonsensical things. Well, now, you had a dramatic background before you went into comedy, didn't uh, you? No, unless you call modeling at Hattie Carnegie's. Uh, you never did any drama? Any... I never did anything. Oh, I thought you I had. I just looked for work most of the time. <laughs> what did you do Not before you got into the business? Dramatic shows. I was a, you know, what they call the guest artist on all the series that were on the air about five years ago, the 77 Sunset Strips and Hawaiian Eyes, where the roles were rather limited and so was my performance, but I did get a lot of experience. What happened before that? Were you just in school? Before that I was in school, but all through school from the age of eight or nine I studied dancing and singing and I used to travel around locally with the dancing school emceeing the shows. So that was my experience with an audience. I'd uh -huh. get out there and recite some dreadful introduction to the four little sisters who do a <laughs> tap routine but it gave me confidence. And the of dancing the, gave you a great background, didn't it? For I think discipline so. and grace. I and think so. And for freedom, you know, to, mm -hmm. so that you can get to the point where you're not awkward or aware of your body or what to do with your hands. You suddenly don't have to worry about that if you can dance and if you've had some background. How far did you go in school, Mary? To high school. I finished high school. I mm -hmm. went to Immaculate Heart High School here in Los Angeles. And... Uh, the next day after graduation, I started doing a series of commercials which ran for a year. What took you so long? <laughs> the next day? The very next day. It I... distressed me terribly because, of course, that night after graduation, there was a big party and a dance, and I had to be home and in bed by 10 o'clock because I couldn't get up the next morning and have circles under my eyes. And, and since then, the, the same thing has prevailed. You've been working rather steadily since then. Been very lucky, yes, indeed. Do you have any children, Mary? I have an eight-year-old son. What is his name? His name is Richie. Is he going to be, to want to be any part of the profession? I don't know. I don't think he does, although I 
can see that there are certain inclinations. He's very outgoing. He's a almost an exhibitionist. If he's got one person in the room, that's an audience to him. What does he do? Does he sing, dance, play an instrument or anything? He attempts almost anything. Right now, as are most of the kids, he's in love with the Beatles. Uh -huh. And he does impersonations of the Beatles. Uh -huh. He plays the drums. So does my son. I know. How did you stand it until he got good? <laughs> well, you know something? I uh, shouldn't say this if any children are listening, but my son never practices. He doesn't. Isn't that awful? Well? He plays with combos. He plays at school. He's played in school bands. But he's always had lessons. And uh, there's one day that he devotes to his lessons, both oh. on the drums now and the vibes. Yes. But he gets his practice with the groups yes, that he's performing good. with. And I have never... Uh, uh, nagged him in any way about no. his practicing because when he was smaller I didn't want to discourage him. No, that's right. And so it sort of uh, worked out that way now because he has enough Well, going then he's for actually it. studying music, too. Well, he's studying the drums yeah. and the vibes. He tried to, to, to get someplace on the piano, but uh, his old habit of not practicing yes. didn't work out so oh, well. Oh, I'm quite sure if I ever suggested to my eight-year-old that he practice, he would lose interest in the drums immediately, and maybe yeah. that's my way out. <laughs> right now, he puts on a Beatle record at the highest volume yes. and goes with one little yeah. broken snare and a cymbal. That's what they all do, to the records. Yeah. And I, I learned to do the little bit of nothing singing that I did for Wildcat uh, by singing with records. So I recommended it one day, and it, it stuck. So yeah. I just left it that way because yeah. he's learning all the different beats from uh, by all the great drummers, yes. you know. After all, he's, he has some pretty good teachers, and, and he has a great ear. Mm -hmm. So uh, playing along to the records has been a very wonderful thing. If Mary Benny, who lives next door, can stand the high <laughs> frequency that goes from the juke. That's what I worry about. Well, neighbors. I guess if you haven't had any complaints. Oh, is that why you moved recently? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and we may have to move soon, too. We just, uh, we've been in our new home for uh, eight days now. We haven't had any complaints so far. <laughs> Maybe you, they're afraid to come over and see the idiots who moved in. <laughs> can't you get a soundproof something or other? We haven't, but uh, I'm considering it. We've got one room upstairs that's in the middle of the house, and I think both neighbors on either side are pretty well protected. Everyone's protected except me and my husband. And no matter where we go in the house, we can feel it vibrating in the chest. <laughs> Well, I did put uh, an edict down recently. I said, all right, young man, now you're going to turn that box down. You're not going to have it vibrating the neighborhood. Yeah. I love to have you play with them, but not so loud. Now then, about your husband. You have a very handsome husband, Mary. Oh, thank you. He is as handsome as you are. Beautiful, and you are beautiful, inside and out. Thank you. How long have you been married? We've uh, been married two years, a little over two years. Mm -hmm. Your son is by another marriage? Yes. And how does stepfather uh, rate in your house? Very, very highly. Oh, that oh, speaks yeah. well for Mr. Grant Tinker. It should. He's a wonderful person. He, uh, he stepped into a situation that could have been very touchy for a long time. Of course. And uh, handled it very well, very well indeed. Mary, um, if you were not in the business, what would you like to be doing? Well, I know I'd be doing something. You'd I know be still working. You wouldn't want to stay home. No. And just, have you ever had uh, a lot of the guilt feelings that 
I guess all of us have at some time about not being there at times when yes, it's important. Yes, of course. But we've worked it out pretty well at our house uh, about making use of our time when we're out, when we are together. But so we get, do we. We get lots of letters, you know, from working mothers. Yeah. And of course, the age-old problem of daddy never being home anyway. Yes. But anyway, you say you do have some guilt. We do, and as you mentioned before, the time that I spend with my child, I think, without sounding as though I'm the world's greatest mother, uh, is time well spent. It's not just a whole series of days and hours strung together where we don't really appreciate that time. We make a no. concentrated effort to get the best from each other and give the best to each other. We make plans to, oh, yeah. Mary, our time is up. And I, oh. I, I just wanted to go on on the same vein we're talking about now. Could you possibly come back tomorrow? Yes, I'd love to. Give me a few moments tomorrow. I'd, I'd appreciate love it. it. Thank you. I have been talking to Mary Tyler Moore from the Dick Van Dyke Show. See you tomorrow. Bye. Hi, this is Lucy, and again today my guest is Mary Tyler Moore from the Dick Van Dyke Show. Mary Tyler Moore is a very beautiful, very wonderful, talented young lady. I have been impressed with Miss Moore for some time, and I have been very anxious to talk to her so that my listening audience could get to know Mary, as I would like to get to know her a little bit better. Like I've told you, this is one of the things I like about radio. I get to talk at length to some of the people that I admire. Hi, Mary. Hi, Lucy. We were talking yesterday about um, some of the plans you make with your family to spend time that is well spent. Yes. Because we are working mothers and because daddies very seldom have enough time at home either. And uh, you and I sort of agreed that we plan our times with our families. And uh, I was just going to ask you, what do you do with your time? Uh, what is your pleasure? Do you go away? Do you stay at home? Give me an idea. Oh, we're big stay-at-homes. We're terribly dull in that respect. We don't oh, go don't out. Oh, don't call it dull, Mary. Well, I think by modern standards and certainly by Hollywood standards, we're considered dull. We really love our home and we stay at home. Of course, during the summer, I think, is when the, the children have the best time because we live around the pool. And we do wonderful, intricate dinners like hamburgers <laughs> and hot dogs. And maybe, if they're very good, we'll have potato chips as a special treat. And uh, so that's our life in the summer, is just living like beach bums in bathing suits and getting tan and fat and just having a wonderful time. We have all kinds of little games that we've invented in the pool. And, the, and Richie is a great swimmer. He can stay underwater, I think, longer than anybody I've ever seen. He never comes up. You that have isn't. to drag him out by the hair, a little water rat. <laughs> Anyone that isn't a fish, he takes the prize. <coughs> That's yeah. right. And of course, during the winter, then there's a wonderful park near where we live. And we go down there and throw the football around and just run and get rid of all of the pent-up energy. Do you ever head for the snow? No, we haven't done that. I haven't done that yet. My husband lived in Connecticut most all his life and grew up with the snow, so he's totally unimpressed by snow. That's the same with Gary. I, yeah. uh, I make the trek every year, but we've had some rather, um, oh, strange incidents with the worst blizzard that hit Vermont and New oh. Hampshire in 20 years. And this year we went to Squaw Valley and got flooded out. Oh, so dear. we're about to give up. I'd love to do that. I'd like to go up to the snow and spend a good two weeks there and learn to ski. You can't learn to ski in two weeks, but you can break a leg in two minutes. Yeah. So I'm really true. not allowed on skis uh, as long as I'm under contract to CBS. Oh, really? Yeah. Gee, I never looked but at I my can... contract. Maybe it says I can't do this. <laughs> well, they put it in mine because I kept going to the ski areas. 
And you have uh, a history of breaking bones, too, don't you? Well, getting hurt. I know I'm, I'm really not accident prone, but they didn't want to take any chances with skis because that can be like nine months in a cast, you know. Well, I'm glad they don't want to take chances because I'd miss you. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Are you going to um, continue in the Dick Van Dyke show for... As an... long as they want me. But as I understand it, this being our fourth year, we will finish up a fifth year and then go on our separate ways. We had a five-year plan at one time, but it, it sort of stretched into a 15-year plan. They very often do, I know. Yeah. Of course, Danny Thomas is a good example. That was supposed to end after five. And how long did that go? 11, 12 11 years? 12 or more. Yes. And I know that uh, Dick certainly could, but I know that Dick Van Dyke is such a hot uh, movie property at the yes. moment after Mary Poppins and some of the other things that Indeed. he's doing. Indeed. I know that it's... And I know that you've had wonderful offers. Uh, do you... Prefer pictures, do you think, to television? Well, it would have to be uh, all guessing on my part, since I really have only done one picture, and I wouldn't even call that a picture. It was one of those low-budget wonders that was shot in two weeks and better forgotten altogether. It was a picture called X-15. They weren't quite sure whether it was a training film or a melodrama, <laughs> you know. So that's my only experience with pictures. Uh, as far as whether or not I'll prefer the technical aspects of picture making to television, I can't say. I think for a television show, we work under the best conditions as you do with an audience and rehearsing for four days. Isn't it a That's, wonderful way it's to... It's like uh, doing theater. <clears throat> it's great. And Without I, the confines of the theater, regimentation right. of running for... And the boredom of having yeah. to do the same play over mm -hmm. and over again. So I'm sure that I'll get a little fidgety when I find that I'm sitting around the set for two hours and then having to do a scene that is difficult 17 times. If you're doing comedy, that's especially true. The thing that I, without even knowing about television years ago when I was in pictures, I was still at that time doing comedy. And uh, so I would have a good scene. And so I would come in and do it. And on the first rehearsal, everyone would laugh. Yeah. And by the second day, while you're still doing this, by the time they've gotten up to your close-ups, they weren't laughing anymore, Mary. No, and you begin to think it's Ooh. your fault, right? And it's just a dreadful way to do comedy. Orson Welles, uh, 20 years ago, said that you must never make a comedy under the usual picture conditions. Yeah. You must make it as we're doing it now, spontaneously, the first take, yes. and uh, with as much audience as possible. We pioneered uh, this uh, operation I know. of bringing the, the audience into the Didn't you picture. do your show right on our, our set over here? Yes, we had this, I was on that stage for nine years. Mm without leaving, except yeah. long enough to have a couple of children. Yes, <laughs> which you did without leaving. Practically, yeah. <laughs> I did get a couple of days in the hospital. <laughs> that was good of them. Mary, um, <coughs> about your clothes, I like the way you dress. Thank you. Are you um, your own designer? Do you buy clothes? Do you have them made? I have uh, certain cocktail things made. As I said before, I don't like to go nightclubbing or partying. But you have to do a certain amount of that, and particularly being married to um, a man in the business also. So I'll have a few things designed, I mean, that I will design and then have made. But they're always very simple things. They're the kind of dress that, uh, if it were made in a different fabric, would be fine for the morning to go shopping in. And I do that all the time. I have copied cotton dresses. Yes. Or evening dresses or yeah. cocktail dresses. I love that. I love clothes, but I like them to be very, very simple. Very comfortable. They have to be yeah. comfortable or I oh, can't yeah. stand it. Well, you know, the way I dress, like, you know, I don't get out of pants and sweaters unless I'm forced to get That's out of That's one of the wonderful things about California. I prefer mm. California because of the way I can dress. 
I go out of my mind in the big cities well, having to wear heels all the time. Last summer I was rehearsing for a show in New York and we were staying at the Essex House on Central Park South and I was going to dance in the show. So I thought, okay, fine, well, I'll put on my leotards, the black stockings and the ballet shoes and now how do I get down in the <laughs> elevator, out in the lobby and into the cab without being arrested? <laughs> it's impossible. You can't. But here you just throw a coat over your shoulders if you're going to be terribly formal and then yeah. get in the car and go. Would you think that you would want to continue living in California? Oh, yes. First of all, my husband, having spent all his working years in New York, with the exception of the last two, is a big fan of California. So that settles that right away. But forgetting him, I love California. It's Where wonderful. Where are you from originally? New York, Brooklyn. Really? But I moved out here when I was eight. Uh-huh. But I like California. I think if I were single, there'd be no more exciting city to live in than New York. And then you'd have a marvelous little penthouse apartment and you'd have lots of parties and wild, crazy things going on all the time. But when you're married and you have children and you enjoy kicking your shoes off and stretching out on the couch, California is the place to live. I'm but we get you. back to New York about three or four times a year. We see all the shows, and we go to the restaurants, and we put on weight, and I do a lot of <laughs> shopping. Yeah. But it's just a nice place to go yeah. for a, a week or two. Mm. I, I, I like New York, and I appreciate New York. Mm. But uh, I like to get back out here, and I have a feeling of roots, and uh, I can enjoy my family. And, oh and your home, your lovely home. Thank you, darling, and I hope you come to see us again soon. Thank you. I'd like to, Lucy. I'm sorry, but our time is up. Isn't that awful? Yeah. I never have enough time to talk. <laughs> well, perhaps I can grab you for another few days. I'd love at it. At a later date. I'd love it. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Lucy. Bye for now. I have been talking to Mary Tyler Moore one of the most beautiful and nicest ladies in our business, from the Dick Van Dyke Show. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.